in five, four, three, two, one. What is up, everybody? You are tuned in to another episode of Styles and Driss. And we are coming to you with another episode live and direct from the Rock Lord slash uh, Soul Steppers headquarters in Minneapolis, Minnesota, specifically the North Side, a.k.a. Stepchild's house. North Side? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And if you don't remember, because it's been a couple of weeks, my name is Ozzy Driss. I'm Turnstile. And that person that just said North Side in the most prolific way is... Stepchild. Damn right. Hope you are all doing good. Hope you have all had a great summer. Uh, if you're an adult where there's no such thing, it's just the way we feel out when we step outside, but there's no such thing as summer vacation or any of that shit unless you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. Even then, you're probably still working because you, know, you probably have a side business during summer or whatever. At least my teachers did. They were all like business owners, so they're all like hardcore Republicans. In a public school, so, you know, figure how that goes. What's up, everybody? Peace, what's good? So what's on the agenda today, fellas? Regarding house dancing, dancing, end of summer, end of summer dances? Yeah, I was going to say we could uh, probably talk about the the most recent uh, summer dance forever. Right. If you wanted to, because we we got to watch that when... uh, Shout out to Littlefoot. Littlefoot was in town uh, last weekend, and um, there was supposed to be an event that got canceled out in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So uh, Foot just stayed in MN with us and kicked it and everything. And uh, yeah, we went through and we, we watched um, the Summer Dance Forever uh, Sands or like post COVID. So that that was a very interesting uh, situation to to watch and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, Littlefoot was here, and it worked out great because... So originally, I was supposed to go out to Madison, Wisconsin. You know, I got hired to judge and teach, like, a workshop out there. And, like, my co-judges were supposed to be Toyin and Trey. Mm-hmm. So if you know Toyin, um, you know, obviously, you know, she's a high-level house dancer, like, one of the best ever in the in the States, actually, probably in the world. And she was supposed to hop on board to judge, but, you know, things financially just didn't work out uh, for the spec for the promoters, which is unfortunate. But, you know, that's just how it goes. And the other judge was Trey, who's from Chicago. I know he gets down with like Vero and brand one. But we were supposed to judge and um, teach together. It just didn't work out. You know, stuff like that happens Mm -hmm. Uh, when you promote a jam. You guess it's best to promote you know, months in advance as opposed to, like, a month and something days in advance. Yeah, make sure that, like, you have all your finance, uh, financial things in order first before you even move on promotion. Otherwise, right. if you get to a point where it's, like, you can't secure the venue, you can't pay the judges, you can't pay the dancers that right. come out and compete, then it just becomes a big clusterfuck of a mess. So, And you know what? It's, it's a hard time to throw an event, period, especially mm-hmm. around this time with where we're still somewhat lingering in COVID. Actually, we're very much so still in COVID times. Yeah. It's it's ballsy, so I give respect and um, give respect to anyone that tries to throw specifically a dance event during yeah. this time because it's, it's a lot of courage. It's a lot of time. Solid effort. Yeah, it's a lot of solid effort. It's a lot of patience. It's a lot of broken promises. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know w- with this specific event, you know, one of the the venue itself was supposed to be donated, mm-hmm. 
but they pulled out last minute or mm-hmm. pulled back last minute and you know it it sucks but at the same time i i get it because again we're still in covid times yeah and you have a whole new variant coming into play so it is what it is i mean but, shit even when it's not covid times right i mean like look at how like freestyle session had to be moved you know they lost their venue um i mean it was like a like a like a real you know big ass mess uh the the time they had to like move it onto the uh the boat over at the um yeah when they had to move it onto the queen mary yeah the queen mary yeah yeah that yeah there's a lot to be said about that yeah. whole situation uh there's like a whole conspiracy behind it but i don't really care it's dance conspiracy is dance conspiracy it's pretty funny and you know it's kind of stupid yo so, man it's the man. illuminati that's what it is yeah. man i remember being i remember when um somebody said that me and a handful of dance i think even part of you two step like that we were part of the minnesota dance illuminati yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah i yeah. heard that Do you remember that shit yeah, yeah that shit was hilarious i was like gosh i wish that i mean i'd be making you know at the time that means i'd be making more than forty thousand a year yeah there you go i'd be like you know I'd be in a six-figure bracket if I was part of a some sort of Illuminati of that stature, but, you know. <laughs> the name of the crew is going to be called Skill Illuminati. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was pretty pretty funny to yeah. to hear, and then, you know, I definitely entertained that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, maybe. Anyways, um, yeah, Littlefoot was here, and it worked out great because the state fair was going on and mm-hmm. still is going on i think tomorrow's the last day yeah and he's always wanted to go to the state fair and get sweet martha's cookies long story short he got them and yeah. forgot them yeah i was gonna say we're, we're gonna have to ship him the uh the target um, the dough dough yeah, yeah. and Ships uh ahoy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like the, the actual, um, they make like a, like kind of like popping fresh, right? Like where you got like the little cylinder that you can yeah. like uh, yeah. bust open, like cut them up. It's actually, it, it works out pretty good too. Yeah. So he, he actually, so he, we both got our own buckets, you know, like, and each bucket's like $18, $19. It's actually cheaper. Before it was like $20 a bucket. Mm-hmm. So maybe these are COVID prices, but he got a bucket. I got a bucket and he left his bucket here. <laughs> I still have it here. Nope, you don't because I took it. Oh, <laughs> it was obviously over there, uh, right there. Yeah, remember when I told you I was like, "Hey, I'm going to stop by and grab something." <laughs> when you, were, uh, when you were, yeah, all yeah, right. that was what I grabbed. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was really craving for those cookies, and I don't want to go back to the state fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but then, um, then you go ahead and like just do like an Instagram to foot, send it to him. You're like you're just chomping on them cookies and give them a little wink. Oh, I should have. I should have done that, but instead, I told him I was like, "Hey, I just brought these. I brought your cookies to my office." You should have took yeah. like a hand puppet, and put it on video, and like foot. You know, I got your cookies and started like eating the cookies with the puppet. <laughs> that would have been funny. Cookie, cookie, cookie. That would have been hilarious. Um, but yeah, that sucks. You know, you forgot his damn cookies, forgot everything that he looked forward to. Yeah. Uh, but still then, um, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was a really good time. It was pretty chill. You know, we normally when, when he comes into town, there's like somewhat of a set schedule. This time we're just like, I don't give a shit, man. Like I took him golfing, took mm-hmm. him to this par three course just down the road from here. And he got to experience his first time golfing. <laughs> and it was pretty funny. Because my club, my clubs are just about half his size. So, <laughs> and then we went to Ugly Putter. Yeah, and he ended up using 
the kids size clubs yep yeah like yeah, he did like literally and, and i'm looking at it and i'm like dude these aren't your clubs bro like yeah. the, the size and everything he's like no it's perfect i'm like <laughs> yeah dude these clubs are literally for babies like i shit you not for fucking toddlers he's like no it's the perfect size i'm like all right all right <laughs> <laughs> have at it um, and we and went then, bowling. Yeah, we went bowling, and then we also did um, 18 holes of mini golf as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yep. we did. Yeah, Centennial Lakes. If yep. you guys haven't been to Centennial Lakes for mini golf, I recommend doing it. Yeah. It's literally a mini golf course. There's it's you know there's a difference. There's, like, mini mini golf. There's, like, a bunch of bullshit and, like, you know, dragons and elephants that you shoot balls into. And then there's uh, an actual mini golf course right. where it's literally uh, – greens and there's roughs and there's a bunker like mm-hmm. the whole nine and that's what centennial lake has to offer yeah and it's only 10 bucks yep pretty good rate of play is pretty uh pretty fast moving so just make sure that if you're going to go out there and there's a lot of people then don't fuck about like actually like be on your right. yeah like like keep it moving because yeah yep. you know sometimes like people will come out and they they want the experience of like you know sitting around with a bunch like their kids and everybody yeah. And then we were seeing, like, kids that were, like, pouting on the yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, And we were kind of like, it's oh, okay, annoying. that's great, but can you go ahead and, like, throw your kid in the lake <laughs> yeah, yeah. so that way we can keep moving? <laughs> Dude, yeah. Like, the whole time, Foot and I kept on saying, I think mean, you, you said, too, the whole time, like, fuck, if that was my kid, I we would have been going home right yep, then and there. Like, fuck like, the bullshit. That is it. You yeah. are done. Heads in beds. Yep, exactly. So You taking a nap. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> or my kid probably would have just not even not even acted that way he would have known i was gonna say your fucking kid would have been like so dead set like focused and everything yeah he would have come out with like his own like you know gear and like his glove and everything and i'm like dude he's you're only four man you you just got over like shitting on yourself like a year ago and he's just like yeah but you know dad expects it to be uh professional i'm gonna be professional i'm gonna be just like my dad oh yeah so yeah yeah my my line would be that same line that uh that uh, uh russell crowe says in Cinderella Man. Is it Cinderella Man? Yeah. Yeah, where he says, uh, what do you say, don't test me, boy? Yeah. That, that's literally going to be my line towards my kid. Yep. That's some that's some badass shit. That was like almost the same with my dad, what my dad would say to me, but he wouldn't mm-hmm. even say, he would just look at me and I'd know. Right. Like, all right. I'm like, gonna... you knew that you were pushing a boundary, so. Yeah, yeah. You he know. just give me that look, and I'm like, yep, I'm not going to get my ass whooped by my dad <laughs> today. I mean, it's like, and it doesn't even have to be like I, I think that like honestly uh, with your kids, it would be less of like the trophy parent kind of thing. Like I, I couldn't imagine you sitting there with like you know your toddler wearing a parachute, doing wind sprints like up and down a football field. You know because like your like your perfection is the only thing that's going to be tolerated in this family. It's more like I think that you just would be leading so much by example that your kids are just going to be like, oh, wow, yeah, this is just what we do. We we dance or we play golf or we bowl or we do whatever, and we, we take it seriously and we try to perfect our craft and all that kind of stuff. And um, then there's, like, other parents who are kind of on that, you know, they didn't make it mm-hmm. in in their in their own line, so then they kind of have to impose that onto their kids, and that's where you run into a lot of problems because then you, right. you make it where it's like the kid will maybe do it for a couple of years until they realize that they can't get your approval. And then finally they just resent you and they say, oh, yeah, I, I fucking hate karate or yeah. I hate house dancing or I hate whatever right? because mom and dad tried to make me do this shit. 
For, for me, it's just a, um, a matter of having manners, yeah. you know, in, in anything that you're engaging in, uh, especially when it comes down to, like, sports or any type of physical activity, you know, right. to, just to be mindful and have manners. Yeah. Like, yesterday, I had to bitch at a guy yesterday. Uh, uh-huh. I was, what was it? I was playing a par three course okay. in Edina, Braemar, Edina, their Academy 9 par three course, and I was by myself. And there was a, a two couples ahead of me. You okay. know, they were they're doing a foursome, and they were just like, "Yeah, foursome." And they were and they were golfing ahead of me, and you know they're having a good time, and I mm-hmm. respect that. I'm like, "Hell yeah. yeah, you guys! You guys are on a double date. Have right. a good time. Take your time. I'm patient. Mm-hmm. I got. I don't care." But there was a guy and his kid. Right, this kid's probably like eight years old, maybe mm-hmm. nine. They're right behind me, and the kid was fine. Mm-hmm. Right. It was the dad that was a fucking dick. Okay. Right. And, you know, here I am. I'm just hitting hitting away, doing what I do. You know, I'm by myself. And I'm and I'm patient. I'm waiting for this couple. They're kind of holding the whole group. They're holding everyone behind them back. Right. Which is fine with me because I don't care. You know, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. patient again. I'm here to just chill. But the dad, you know, as soon as, I, I don't know if he, he probably just didn't see the couple, mm-hmm. but he learned quick. Yeah. So the dad walks up. They're walking up to like the third hole, mm-hmm. the third tee box, and I'm walking towards the green. And right away, he looks at me. And he's like, "How many balls are you playing?" I'm like, "Just one." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Really? Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Cause it doesn't seem like it." I'm like, "No, I'm playing just one." He's like, "Well, why is it taking so long?" I'm like, "Because there's a couple. There's two couples ahead of me." He's like, "Well, I don't see them." I'm like, "Yeah, because I'm letting them go through." Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, they, they told me at the front desk that no one's ahead of me. So I'm kind of pissed already. Yeah. You know? I'm ready to blow up on this dude. <clears throat> and he's probably in his late 30s. Mm-hmm. So I, don't, I just don't want to cuss him out because his kid's right there. Right. You know, I'm showing respect for his kid. And his kid is always is like trying to calm him down. Right. He's like, Dad, don't talk back. Dad, I, I did see those couples out there. Mm-hmm. Like his kid is saying that. Right. So I told him right away, I was like, hey, look, if you want to play ahead, go ahead. He's like, no, no, you're good. I'm like, are you sure? You sure? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. So I, I just end up doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, nice. I'm whispering under my breath, fucking piece of shit. Fuck you, asshole. Right. Yeah, you because know, yeah, that fucked up my whole game. Yeah. You know, was a person that was rude just like that. So he learned quick, right? Because, again, apparently he didn't see that couple ahead of me. Right. But he learned fast because... Right when I got right when I got to the fourth hole, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm again I'm being patient. I'm letting them hit their I'm letting them do their thing, and they noticed me, the couple behind me, and I actually almost hit them with my golf ball because mm-hmm. they were walking off, and I almost hit them. Yeah, and I yelled out four. Right, you know, and and at first they looked back and stuff, and I'm I'm yelling like, look, I'm sorry, sorry about that, and they were waiting for me, so I'm like, oh shit, they're about to bitch me out. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't have done that. So I'm walking towards the green. I hit my putt in. And, and I'm like, hey, guys, I'm really sorry about that. You know, there's there's a guy behind me with his kid, and he's being a little rude. They're like, don't worry about it. Actually, we want you to play ahead of us. We want you to go first. I was like, are you sure? I don't mind waiting. Mm-hmm. I'm patient. They're like, yeah, 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 just go. Just go ahead. That, that was nice of him. Yeah, yeah, super nice of him. So I got to do my thing, played on through. And the best part was seeing the face on that guy right yeah. behind me, seeing his face and like seeing his mouth drop. Like, are you fucking serious? Now we got to wait for these guys, mm-hmm. you know. Like, and the whole time I'm going around to all these holes, 
I'm looking at straight at the dad and the kid and looking at the dad's face and he's just like fucking madder than hell. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's very fortunate that he had his son there with him. Right. Otherwise, you probably would have found it very, very easy to just wrap your goddamn wedge oh, around his head. I would have lit No, you know? like I wouldn't and, have brought it to a physical altercation, but I would have lit him up with words. No, that's, that's, that, sure. that's what I'm saying. It's just like yeah. it, it would have just been like, okay, I'm not going to hold back because, yeah. you know, I mean, and that's that that's like a that's a tough paradigm to have to deal with too because like with kids kids are always looking up to their folks right right so there's nothing worse than looking up to like the person that you kind of like almost worship or idolize and then all of a sudden watching some guy make your dad or your mom like back down at a grocery store or in like a traffic altercation or what have you um but at the same time there's like a thing that seems to happen where people just completely like lose all sense of like you know their place right right? and they decide um to just go ahead and like trip out on somebody and i'm like yo first and foremost you have to acknowledge the fact that if you got your kid in your car your first priority is to set an example and b it's to protect your kid because what happens if all of a sudden you run into somebody who's crazy right who doesn't fucking care about your kid right and they beat you within an inch of your life in front of your kid that's what that's that's exactly what i was right. thinking i was like dude what right. if i what if i had a firearm on you uh-huh. and i did not give a two shits about who you were right like what if i was literally on that type of mental right and well, if i was mentally in, insane like that you know like yep. You never know nowadays. Right. And there's people that are like that too. Like where they or they get real fucking stupid in front of um their kids thinking that like um magically it, it kinda reminds me of like when you're like with um your uh your partner as well. Like, you know, you could be on a date with somebody and you decide to start like shit talking and then somebody decides to finally like turn around and like, you know, hop over the velvet rope and get like an inch within your face. Right. And you're going like, oh, well, I guess at this moment in time, my boyfriend or my girlfriend or, you know, non-gender specific partner may or may not be able to help me get out of this jam. So you you better make sure that you're holding four aces, that you know how to fucking bang and you can squabble. Otherwise, you're going to get into a situation where in which um, a person is just going to put you to the test and they're either going to punk you or fuck you up. Right. And that, like... It's 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 it, like we see this shit all the time in the dance world, you know, where these motherfuckers are on some like you know, oh, just because I can dance really well, that automatically means that I'm just good at everything. And I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah, you know, it's like you you might be able to sleep on, you know, stepchild and be all like, you know, oh yeah, you know, man, man, fuck this guy. What the fuck is he just, you know, just stepchild, who does he think he is, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you put your hands on him and he fires one leg kick into your femoral artery and that's it. Your dance career is done. You're done. You're done. It doesn't matter, you know, fucking Red Bull can come to your aid mm-hmm. and, you know, all that kind of good shit. And it's just like, wait a minute, what? so what happened? Oh, I was in Minnesota and I put hands on this one guy, and he fucking kicked me in the leg. This bitch ass kicked me in the leg, yeah. and now I can't fucking uh, do my BC one uh, competition yeah, because you had to run your mouth, right? Because you had to think like again. You know, this <laughs> is the delusion of dance, right? Is that we think that just because what we're doing to music automatically makes us like impervious to other things, like right. some gangster who's on some gangster ass shit is going to all of a sudden respect you because you can spin on your hand or your head, or they they might. 
that's you know oftentimes like people are like oh yeah yeah that's that's cool man you you guys are, are doing your thing i respect that and other times guys are like yo you're taking my shine actually so fuck you i'm gonna put two right in your computer and not even think twice about it right and that's the story of you or they're gonna you know? do something to distract everyone from from right. the attention that you're that you're getting from them so yeah so it's really about understanding like being aware of your surroundings in right. in the golf i mean case. like look man we all paid money good money to be there yeah to have a good time and to work on our game why right. do you gotta why do you have to be like that right like i mean i don't know i'm but again i'm just really patient when it comes down to that type of shit mm-hmm. because when you try to rush someone on that end i mean mm-hmm. the, don't get me wrong there's a difference between ready set golf right like, which is what you were talking about when you were at centennial lakes yeah which is pretty much just minding everyone's minding right. your surroundings right and knowing that okay i don't want to hold these people back so I'm, right i don't like holding people back but I don't mind being held back. I'm right. just like, okay, fine, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? If if it if they're truly engaged in mm-hmm. what they're doing, you know, but if they're just dinking around, then, yeah, it gets annoying. But still, then I won't say anything because they paid just as much money as I did to be mm-hmm. there. And it is what it is. I can't speak for the people behind me, like mm-hmm. that asshole behind me with his yeah. kid, who whose kid had way more common sense yeah. than he did. Yeah, you props know, to, like, to the kid. And, yeah. th- and that's why I didn't. That's another reason to why I didn't fucking light him up verbally because right. his kid was genuine. His kid was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, what the hell? How is your kid super nice and you're a fucking cocksucker? Right. You know, like, anyways, summer dance forever. <laughs> well, you handled it really well. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. But summer dance forever. I thought this year, coming from a spectator's point of view i thought this year was pretty good mm-hmm. i enjoyed it um apparently if you were there it was a little awkward because they didn't allow ciphers from what i was told right they didn't allow ciphers they didn't allow people dancing during intermission yeah um, if you were, if you were to watch the footage watch the footage you can see people clearly sitting in the background uh-huh. where normally you can't really see anyone when you're watching the footage so it was definitely like more of a performance yeah from my understanding from what i was told more than anything right like i was talking to tamara mm-hmm. and tamara you know if look her up on youtube but she was actually one of the um top eight dancers for mm-hmm. whacking forever and she was like dude it's a good thing you didn't come through it wouldn't have been worth it you coming all the way from america mm-hmm. i'm like why and she's like and that's the reason why right because well they didn't allow people to dance there's no club nights you know because amsterdam shut down all the clubs yeah again you know and it it worked out perfect because i just read recently that europe alone is uh banning americans again mm-hmm. um, which makes total sense right you know so I mean, but other than that, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't agree with a lot of the calls in mm-hmm. the battles. I was kind of like, that's interesting. But, you mm-hmm. know, to each his own, you get hired. When you get hired to judge, you get hired for your opinion, right. not to impress others. Right. Or not to necessarily agree with others. Yeah. You get hired to voice out or to, to make your decision mm-hmm. on what feels right to you. So... But other than that, yeah, the, the battles were good. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching them. I thought it was cool with the judges panel. It was like Frankie J, Francois, and Wesley, mm-hmm. who are like, I wouldn't say the younger younger generation, but you know they're they're pretty much in in between. Yeah, but they're they're going to be the ones that lead the European house dance scene, yeah. or you know, or at least 
represent the European house dance scene mm-hmm. in the forefronts for like the next 15 years, right. 10, 15, maybe 20 years. Maybe 20, yeah. So, yeah, that was good. What did you think? Um, you know, for me, um, again, you know, like uh, vibe is everything, right? So um, you could definitely like feel the the difference being the like you had spectators versus people who are equally as like active like i think you, you kind of notice the difference like when you watch like the other house dance forevers where you know the crowd is really super stoked right and and everybody's just vibing off of shit it was it was kind of like it was less of that you know it almost reminded me of um when you see that in um uh like uh like tennis Right, mm-hmm. where it's it's more about just like being quiet and kind of just like letting them just do their thing, right. so you can hear a pin drop, and, and you can hear them like you know sometimes sexually moan, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and <clears throat> you know, <laughs> so that that was sort of the the vibe that I got um, when it came down to the actual like caliber of the competition. Um, I was sort of hoping that there would have been like a few more people um, that were—I I don't even want to say bigger names because that just seems like an insult. I'm—I'm I'm not trying to be insulting by saying like bigger names, but you know what I'm saying? Kind of like, like you can kind of just tell the difference being that COVID was like the biggest yeah. factor. Yeah, that it wasn't like the level that you normally are used to seeing. Right. Which kind of would have even been like, um, maybe even more uh, pragmatic would have been um, instead of like an open competition via Zoom to qualify and then go over there if you made it, it would have been more like like, uh, like a Masters League where you invite only. Mm-hmm. Like an invitational. Right, right. You know, that would have been yeah. kind of dope to like say, yeah. okay, so we're going to have, you know, um, so-and-so from France and so-and-so from, you know, New York and so-and-so from... Uh, Russia, mm-hmm. you know, and and have it like very hand picked, so that way what you get is like absolute, like you know, a game mm-hmm. for everybody, right? Yeah, and you know, and that way you can kind of almost be like an all star invite only competition. Yeah, you know, but at the same time, I mean, the plus side about that is that because it was an open dip for everybody, mm-hmm. then you know, people were submitting footage, which right. was great because then that in- includes participation. Yep, but like you were saying too that. Um, there's like a bit of uh, the lackluster part of it would be like, hey, I'm going to pay thirteen or fifteen hundred dollars to fly all the way over to Amsterdam only to watch. Right. You know the fact that you can't dance and you can't go clubbing afterwards, you can't do any after parties or anything else like that. Mm-hmm. I imagine that that also just kind of like took the wind out of everybody's sails. So it was yeah. a lot, probably like a lot more like local people, yeah, and people that maybe live in like Europe proper. Mm-hmm. So. It'd be yeah. like the equivalent of like you know coming like three states over from like Minnesota to go um, spectate uh, Red Bull BC One in Chicago or something, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think that uh, so they they do what I, what I like about Summer Dance Forever is um, the fact that they do open it to the public, mm-hmm. and um, I see what you're saying. Well, in terms of like in having like an invite only kind of battle, which is actually what a lot of European battles are based off of is invite only. Right. Because at the end of the day, you know, like I think their formula is based off of performance, mm-hmm. their performances as opposed to competitions. Right. And Summer Dance Forever and Just Stay Boo are like the only competitions that I know of that are huge out there that um, have open 
yeah. open formats, right? You know, where anyone can enter, right? But I think the cool thing about that, and it, it does end up becoming, it does end up going to that point where it is invite only, and it comes down. They have a something called Warrior Edition, mm-hmm. and um, I was fortunate enough to go to the Warrior, the very first Warrior Edition, which was a summer dance for, not a winter dance forever, but it was mm-hmm. a summer dance forever. And what they did was they picked all the previous winners from like you know from the beginning of summer dance or winter dance forever right all the way up until now and they left room for two extra people to qualify right and then or it might have been more than that and then mm-hmm. what you had to do is you had to battle the previous winners who were part of the warrior lineup mm-hmm. you know to get to the top yeah so it's cool um you know that keeps like the exclusivity part of it intact mm-hmm. but yeah like I think that if you were if you've never been to a summer dance forever or a winter dance, it wouldn't have been worth it mm-hmm. because you don't know what to expect, right. and chances are you don't really know anyone. Right. But if you have, like myself, like although Tamara did tell me, my my main issue was, am I going to be able to get back to the states if if I go? Right, because you'd have probably have to do like one of those two week quarantines yeah. when you get there and then no no you didn't have to do any of that because oh, at, at that time okay. n- the netherlands took that out okay so my thing was if i go like what if something happens out of nowhere yeah and as soon as i heard the whole delta variant strand coming into play i was like mm-hmm. okay i'm canceling my shit i already had my hotel booked i had it yeah. reserved and as soon as i heard that come in i'm like nope canceling it yep but for a guy like me who knows people out there who has been to multiple winter dances forever. Like I could go out there and st- I would have, I would have still enjoyed because yeah. I would have seen some old friends, mm-hmm. you know, from Europe that I haven't seen for like over a year. And it would have been fun. Like right. I would have been, I would have been fine just being a spectator and just watching, you know, just talking to people. Cause right. a lot of the times when we're there, it's like, you barely get to network. It's, it's more like you're there to dance and you're there to just vibe off. Your right. networking is through movement, not through conversation. Yeah. And that would have been a, good time for me to just actually chill and conversate with people yeah. so yeah if you're new probably not the best probably yeah. not worth it take an edible go to the van gogh museum if it was even open yeah i was gonna say i wonder if it is yeah open. yeah that, I, I don't know i don't know it's open i don't even know if the red light district is open yeah <laughs> i mean okay if the red light district is open then the van gogh museum should be open <laughs> I mean, like, real funny you know having people all masked up being like you know hey baby you want to go you're like, I'm sorry, what? And then they have to like hold up a sign. This is like, do you want a date? And you're like, oh no, I'm just yeah. passing through. And they're like, okay. You, you got like the window girls knocking. They all have masks on, right? So do you keep the mask on while you're fucking, or do you just <laughs> you just move? In fact, like, that's all it just becomes. It's just like all window, like like you just like slide money like through, yeah. Or like you have to like swipe, and then they just do a show for you. Or and you're like, like, oh wow, this or, is. Or you guys wear like when it was like, uh, what is it? Those those uh suits that they wear at the gyms to, in order to get a lot of sweat out yeah it's like the sweatsuits yeah you guys wear that while you're going into town where you're going to town on each other <laughs> yeah you're just like wow this is just like heavy petting with a this slip and slide weird <laughs> this is very awkward like, i don't know how this okay okay so yeah. but i wonder what the covid prices are for that <laughs> yeah i was gonna say <laughs> I wonder if it's like knocked down like a dollar or two. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not it's saying just, I know, but yeah. Or, or it's all like no contact fetishes. So like you have to sit behind the glass and like you know you watch them. Dip, they they like actually have honey uh, on their feet or something. They actually have sex shows out there. Yeah, yeah. If you go to the red light district, there's like two two theaters, and uh, they're called sex shops. And you go there with your friends. 
you pay two euros and you watch people have sex. Yeah, you watch people get down. And it's I've I haven't done it. Um only because a lot of times when I go out there, I'm usually by myself, so yeah. I'd rather not go in there by myself and just chill and watch people have sex. <laughs> um, I'd rather go with like a group of friends. And the times that I did go, when I had a group of friends with me, we just we were, we like we thought about it. We were right in front of the building. And we we're like, nah, <laughs> let's go, let's go drink. Because <laughs> then it's just like the, then you you run the risk of being like the group of uh, of uh, folks that comes in and just like you know you're with your friends, so you want to be silly, and then you start like heckling and shit. Yeah. Which is really what happens, yeah, you start, apparently, like, from what they say. You started, like, screaming to the guy. You're like, shave your ass. <laughs> and then let's just like, do it, dog. Yeah. You know, oh, no, don't look at me. Don't look at my eyes. No, yeah. just keep, no, look at her. Look right. at her, you know, yeah. and all that kind of shit. So, yeah, <laughs> I, bet, I bet that would be a very uh, interesting and uh, slightly awkward encounter to yeah. like, want to go do with a, a bunch of buddies and be like, no, 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 I think we should all just, like, Go to a pub or eat a space cake or Fuck, again no no like, space cake for me no space cake for you no. uh, definitely no uh, space cake for Jardy either he, I don't know he's I on think a band. He, I think he somewhat enjoyed it part <laughs> of me tells me somewhat enjoyed it but the fact of the matter is that he lost a whole day or a whole night because of it yeah <laughs> so for those of you that don't know that story yeah you have to tune into the the Jardy yeah episode. tune into the Jardy episode or you know. If, if you're in Minnesota, just come and ask me, and I'll tell you about it. Yeah, and, and then I'll probably encourage you to try it. Yeah, because <laughs> why not? Yeah, there you go. You, you need to go and see how deep the rabbit hole is. Yeah. So, or you need a. Yeah, it is. If you've watched the show Entourage, okay, go to the episode where they go to Joshua Tree <laughs> with Eric Roberts driving the, and, the Winnebago, and watch Ari Gold. The when he starts when he starts tweaking out, that was my situation. The very first part, not not like the whole Asian accent or anything like that. The very first part when he's like, no, 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 fuck, no, no. That's literally what happened to me. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was <laughs> I, I heard a train go, and I'm like, oh shit, here it is. Yeah. So so be there. careful if you do do it. Be tread, careful tread and if, softly. Yeah, and if you do do it, tell me about it because yep. I like to compare your experience to mine yeah those are always great like all always like uh high stories are always fun mm-hmm. where did charlie go where did stepchild um go? that is a good question i wonder if his edible kicked in and he decided to go upstairs and decompress no i think he just went upstairs to to blow chunks use the toilet to blow chunks yeah out yeah. of his ass yeah so but yeah so um the little foot put me on to um uh, another dope uh, concept. I forgot what the, the name of the actual show was called, but he was uh, he was beaming about this, and it was about um, some uh, some of his uh, his connects that he knows through um, the UK uh, DJ scene, and they had this game that they record on YouTube. I forgot what the, what the name of that show is called. I'll have to ask him. But it was uh, basically you have two DJs. And they'll have like a set of CDJs, and each one of you has your own individual thumb drive on each CDJ. Mm-hmm. And the point of the game is you you drop a song, and then I have to mix into that. Mm. And if I fuck up, I have to take a shot. Oh, and it was yeah. it was so dope to watch because like you're I mean you're watching like some of these guys were they, and of course this is the UK so they're mixing like really like tricky you know uh polyrhythmic uk garage 
and like two step and mm-hmm. you know shit like that and then um and it was kind of funny because like you'd watch like intentionally like some of these guys would like fuck around and like trip up trip up the other person so like maybe um they're in the middle of uh like like you're still like in the middle of transitioning your song mm-hmm. i still have control of the deck technically mm-hmm. so i might start messing with like the effects and, oh, like, you that's know, throwing, like, up. echoes and flanges yeah. and shit like that. Or yeah. maybe I'm going to start fucking with the crossfader and stuff. Oh. And then, like, so you have to be able to jump in on that. Mm-hmm. So if I, like, decided not to just keep the beat going, like, con- continuously, maybe I decided to, like, change it to, like, a, a four-bar loop mm-hmm. and then start, you know, throwing in some, like, reverb on that or, you know, stuff. Then you have to figure out how to adapt. And, of course, it would be like, oh, yep, you screwed up. And the next thing you know, uh, someone would have to, you know, take one to the head and um but it was, it was a really dope concept I, I like it because of the fact that a it shows like how good your your chops are mm-hmm. and b it's a you know it's a friendly competition because these are all people that like know each other so they're all like kind of friends yeah so it's a lot of like you know messing around and just trying to yeah. see if we can kind of disrupt each other so i i really like that uh that show uh, i wish i could remember it for the life of me i forgot so uh, i'll have to Ask for it the next time I talk with him. We'll ask him the name of the show, and then we'll name this podcast episode after that show. Yeah, there you go. Boom. <laughs> Boom. No copyright. No copyright. Um, then we get sued by the UK DJs <laughs> out there. <laughs> so uh, we'll just name it whatever the name of the show is, and we'll add Made Us Do It. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, I remember you guys watching that, yeah. that show. I think I was working at the time. I was yeah. like, trying to put some documents together. Mm-hmm. But... Did they did they cover the screen? You know that that was the thing. Um, being that it's um, that it wasn't a um, it wasn't like a um, like a DJ X type of setup or, mm. or like an X DJ uh, setup, you didn't have the two wavelengths like overlapping. So that they were CDJs, so you individually could only see your wave yeah. and their wave. So you had to basically just it was nothing but like audio. So like you know let, let's say like you threw in like some hard house now i could either try to match you with what i have in my lineup or maybe i want to fuck with you so then i decided to mix in like on like almond brothers or something you know like take down the bass and then you know just like you know bop 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 and then like get in on the vocals right and let and ride off of like your beat and beat match mm-hmm. and then eventually get to a point where it's just like okay and then i'm gonna go ahead and like pitch uh pitch down or pitch up or um uh or like use like a filter or a flange and then boom transition over to like almond brothers or, and, or, and now you have to jump back in on that so either you're gonna match me genre for genre yeah. or you're gonna say you know what fuck you i'm gonna throw in some uh you know um uk two-step and if you can do it creatively then it's like, damn, you know, you just like took the legs out right from under me. But if you fuck up, then you got to do a shot. I mean, like, did they cover those screens? No, no, that, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, they they didn't. Um, okay, you know, so, they, so you they, still they, got to see like the wavelengths. Because my strategy for that, if I was involved in something like that, I yeah. would just look at their BPM. Yeah, and find whatever track that has a BPM to match it. Yeah, because uh, if uh, what Ty Tiberius. And I usually do what we used to do a lot was when I would go over his house and train on some DJ shit, mm-hmm. um, we would go song for song. Yeah. So he would put something in and then I would put something in and I would mm-hmm. just look at what BPM he has and yeah. f- try and fig- think of a song in that BPM that I have that would mm-hmm. like go very well. And we would just go round for round. That's it's, actually it's a, the funnest shit ever. A, a good idea maybe 
to to make it more difficult would be if they if they were able to show uh, kind of like uh, when you see like Texas Hold'em, where that you can everybody has like cameras under the under the, mm-hmm. uh, the felt that yeah. can like watch your cards, yeah. but you don't know what everybody else is holding, right? right. So all of a sudden, you know, everyone's like, "Oh my god!" You know, um, moneymakers got you know uh, you know kings over aces or something like that, but you don't know what you're playing into. So that would be kind of a cool concept to say, like, "Hey, let's take this to the next level," which is. Um, like maybe put up like some sort of like a block or a barrier, so like I can see the tracks that I'm like looking for, but you can't look over. If you have, if you look over, then you take a shot. There's got to be a oh, judge there. Dope. Yeah, that, that that'd be kind of dope because yeah. then then at least that way it's like now you really have to listen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, th- that was the one thing that I was looking at where I was kind of saying like, okay, you you shouldn't even have to like make mistakes. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. If I look over and I see that it's 128, yeah, Just you know pick something 128 or 130, yeah, you know? and and then like you know match uh, either like a kick or a hi hat. But maybe that alcohol is getting to them, yeah. So it's like you know kind of distorting them in a, in mm-hmm. a sense, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's where you start to see like the interesting shit because I'm like, uh, fuck, I forgot uh, the DJ that was uh, that was playing. But like, I think he like he messed up like three times, like. In consistently like three times in a row and i think that they should maybe like make it you know where it's like if you have to go over three shots you lose or mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. but like he was three shots in and they'd only done like maybe you know like track for track like three uh three tracks and um and by that point he was just like flat out fucking up i mean like he was trying to do transitions like really like creative transitions and they were like no 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 bro no 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 you know he's doing another fucking shot you stupid fucking mug you know and he's like fucking all right you know he just like (laughs) takes another one to the head and i was just laughing at it because i was going like yeah man that's that i i think Depending too, like, because uh, I didn't get all the information from Littlefoot. If maybe the one that we were watching is still like the early inception of it, mm. um, I think it was relatively recent because um, sadly there was like one of the guys that was in the back um, that was there uh, was like a like an OG um, this like um, like OG Rasta uh, Rastafari cat, you know, and he passed away recently from COVID. Mm. So and so that must have been like at least like a couple weeks. Right. before or something mm-hmm. but um but yeah i think maybe you know they could like look at it and say okay how about we put up like blocks or like you know maybe tape like a couple of like cards or something that can like stop the screen so and then also have a judge that only watches your eyes yeah and say like okay if i see you look over like if i see you look over the mixer then boom automatically you have to do a shot right. you can only look at your at the mixer you cannot fucking pay attention to mm-hmm. what the other person's um, shits uh, on their their LCD screen, mm-hmm. but you know at the same time, I mean at that point, I probably would be like on the same thing that like you and Ty would be doing. Like I'd be listening more than anything, yeah, and just trying to like figure out ways to say, okay, not only am I trying to effectively beat match whatever it is that you're doing, but also I want to trip you up. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to win. So like maybe my goal is to find really difficult songs that I know I could match to that mm-hmm. that aren't even in the same BPM range. Yeah. And, you know, um and then also again like going back to like, you know, what are the rules? Like are you allowed to do uh fader slams? Mm-hmm. 
because like like maybe they had to like talk it out before and say okay you have to beat match i don't want you to all of a sudden get the q button and then like as this this house track is going i don't want you to slam the fader over and go like bump 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 Bump, yeah, bump, bump, yeah. Bump, that'd, be, bump, that'd be like straight cheating. Yeah, sure, yeah. So, like. so I wonder if they if they're like basically going like, okay, you can you can fuck with the channels, mm-hmm. but you cannot. Uh, you have to keep that fader in the middle, mm-hmm. and if you're going to drop a beat in, you 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 can't just like all of a sudden just go ahead and just hit play and drop their channel and say that like it's it's got to be a clean transition. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that usually for the most part, if you're spinning like. You, it should be clean transitions at all times. Yeah, it, it's it's only yeah. when it, when you're like a breaks DJ that you yeah. can can do that. Because, you can fuck around, yeah. You know, so that, I mean, because yeah. how else are you going to be able to play like you know some real fast um, Afro Cuban uh, break beat and then transition into like uh, ninety three BPM Mary J Blige song? You right. know, you're not going to be able to do that without either like fucking with the pitch adjustment mm-hmm. or, um, you know, being able to like find like a spot and then, you know, being able to cut in on it and, you know, being like chuck it, chuck it, chuck it, chuck it, and then like let it go mm-hmm. into that. Or, you know, again, the same thing, you know, using the Q button and, you know, finding like maybe like a, a spike in the beat. Maybe it's like um, it's either a vocal stab or a hi hat or a kick mm-hmm. and then boom, 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 and then drop it in. But like with house, yeah, you have to be very. Like you have to be very suave and sophisticated and keep the music consistent. Yeah. So I remember one of the sessions I covered my screen, yeah. the whole screen, and I just, I just remembered like exactly how to get back to the list of songs mm-hmm. and how to select and all, the, all that stuff. But I kept my screen covered, and it was the hardest fucking thing ever. Because yeah. and I didn't even like arrange the BPMs. I just put it at random selection mm-hmm. BPMs. So I was just struggling right. trying to f- find the shit and messing with the pitches and everything like mm-hmm. that. Like, but it was fun. It was a good learning experience. I'm glad that there weren't a lot of people at session that yeah. day because I was just straight fucking up left and right. Like, yep, yeah, that's not working. Yeah, but it's a good exercise. It's a good way to train your ear. Mm-hmm. I think. Dan- I think the reason to why a lot of dancers get into DJing, at least what I like to think, I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe I'm just romanticizing it. Mm-hmm is to gain better knowledge in terms of understanding music when you dance. Yeah. You know, like it's amazing to me if there's if there's a dancer out there that still can't fucking pick up on a DJ's rhythm, on yeah. a DJ's on a DJ's pattern, you right. know, when when they're when they're about to transition or their timing and shit like that. Like I think if you're DJing and you're a dancer, man, you got to utilize that that aspect into your dance. Right. You know, like so Yeah, and it, and it's um there's there's like the the other side of it too like one of the things that like was the allure for me to dj was i always loved ever since i was a kid i always loved the kind of the mystique and the mystery of how that was done listening to a mix and you know nowadays there's like so much it's it's so subjective now um because like you know motherfuckers will release what they call like a mixtape mm-hmm. and i'm like it what you made was not a mixtape, you know, but back in the day, you know, or when you would like listen to like certain radio programs where they would say, you know, Friday night exclusively, we're going to have a live uh, feed coming from this club and this DJ, like you're going to actually hear music mixed together. You're not going to listen to individual tracks. Mm. It's all going to be blended together. It's going to be one three hour night um, once a week. 
and you're going to hear like all kinds of shit that you normally don't hear because this is all like club music. It's not top 40 radio. And I always loved that. I, I always loved being able to hear songs that were, you know, like, uh, like when you go to like certain clubs, you know, they, they would play, you know, like, um, like dirty house, mm-hmm. right. It'd be like Rula, like, you know, short dick man and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You never going to fucking hear that on the radio. You know, so it was dope to be able to hear that and then hear like just like a like a house music instrumental and go, damn, dude, like the this is like this isn't any any lyrics, Mm -hmm. but it just completely just like captivates you. And then but you didn't you didn't like even hear where the song transitioned. It's like one minute it, it was just it was playing this way. And then all of a sudden now this is happening and then that's happening and you're going like how the hell is that done Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until you know i got a little bit older and i started you know meeting and being like introduced to djs and seeing you know the um the different like tools and tricks you know that were being done Mm -hmm. and up to that point i was only understanding like the way that a breaks or hip-hop dj would operate you know where everything was based off of like off of a, a scratch mostly. Yeah. But then once I started to hang out with people that were mixing and like mixers, um, that just gave me a whole level of like appreciation to the point where I was kind of like, I, I've always wanted to do that because I, I like that a lot better than just being able to channel surf with sound, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, no, not, not to like shit on breaks DJs or hip hop DJs, but it's just kind of like, it's, it's real easy to take a song that's got a fast tempo and then slow it way down with like a like a R&B boom bap track mm. and you can just you know it's real easy to just like pull the ripcord and just go from that to that but like when when it came down to like house and disco and um stuff like that i was just like absolutely floored by the fact that you know you could just keep this wave going where mm. for 3 hours it was just like continuous music there was never like a stoppage there was never a point where they just go like okay i'm going to i'm going to go ahead and like completely like kill the beat and then start in a different direction it was like mostly everything was blended and if and if you did do that it was done in such a creative kind of a way Mm -hmm. where like the vibe and the ambiance was just right to where you were like oh wow so they use this like hard effect to get out of that really really like rhythmically complicated song and then now you're hearing a uh, bongo and uh, conga track being brought in and then now all of a sudden you're going into like afro house and you're going like, whoa, shit, that w- that was amazing, you know. So, yeah, for me, I, I always dug just the 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 idea that you could just kind of like reinvent the music that you like and reserve it, repurpose it. You know, it's kind of uh, I think of it like in, in like terms of like cooking, where it's like fusion dishes, right? Where you say, okay, I can make Italian and I can make Vietnamese, but I think these two dishes could go well together if creatively done, you know. I think so. what's funny about the whole deal with between breaks DJs and house DJs, or no, not necessarily the DJs in general, but like people that spin breaks and people that know how to also spin house, mm-hmm. is that I've heard the exact opposite where it's like, for example, when I was first starting to, um, before I even got into spinning house, I was mm-hmm. spinning a lot of breaks, or that's what I was, that's what I started with was mm-hmm. hip hop and breaks, and I trained, that's what I was getting trained to do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people were like, why don't you spin house? I'm like, house is super hard, you know, like that. And I still think it is. It's very hard. It's very challenging to, to 
there's an easy point to it, but then eventually it gets it gets complicated because now it's a matter of like, okay, how do I spice it up? Mm-hmm. Where they would say, actually, breaks is breaks are really hard to spin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you serious? You're just cutting and scratching. That's it. And then you know, moving on, and then like cutting that fade right away, mm-hmm. kind of like fader smashing right to the next. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, because yeah, you're doing all that. That's easy, but to keep the to keep it hype. Yeah, you know, because when you spin breaks, you got to go from it has to always go from chill or not even chill, but from hype to even hyper because mm-hmm. you're you're spinning, you're catering to b boys and b girls, right? So you want to keep their you want to keep their energy up. Mm-hmm. Where in house, it still falls on it, it comes down to that, but you don't have to do it, right? Not saying you have to deal with breaks, but generally that's the goal. Yeah, you know, because the minute you hear people go, "Whoa, fucking hell yeah," you know, like mm-hmm. or the minute you see like the the competitors like. Like puff their chest out, or like even smack their chest, like mm-hmm. to get ready. Yeah, that's when you know you did your job because right. now you just drop the track that they're about to eat the fuck up. Right. As opposed to house, it's like all right, well, I'm going to chill to this, or you know, like they have options. Mm-hmm. And when you're spinning breaks, it's usually for a battle. Yeah. So there's no options. There's only let's hype this shit up. Right. And you know that that's that's why I always found that funny because. Once I got to know that, I'm like, okay, yeah, now I could see why breaks is hard. Cause it, but then it comes down to your selection now. Yeah. Like, okay, what kind of selection do I have? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it makes you think twice. Like, oh my god, am I am I a boring breaks DJ? Because mm-hmm. there are boring ass fucking breaks DJs out there, mm-hmm. and then there's hype ones, and then it's like, okay, what's in now? What's right. what's not in? Or do I have this DJ slash producer's song to hype mm-hmm. everyone up? Or do I not? Do I play classics? Do I not play classics? What am I doing? Right. As opposed to house, it's pretty much very freeing. You mm-hmm. can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And, you know, and for me, it's, again, it's, it's all about perspective, right? Because, like, not every DJ goes in. Even if you, like, get two DJs that, like, train under this, like, the same mentor, it doesn't guarantee or elicit that they're both going to sound exactly like their mentor. Sure. You might have, like, one person who says, listen, I I like mixing stuff on the, on the low end. And this person is like their priority is beat matching, or this person again is like, yo, I want to keep it hype and then take it down a little bit and then make it hype again, then take it down. And the other person's like, yo, I want to take you on a journey, like, you know, where I carefully selected every single one of these tracks because I wanted to maybe thematically say something, right? So it's like, yeah, it's great because you're dancing to it, but then like all the, the people that know records are like, yo, you went from like 1970 up to 1995 like year by year like every single track that i listened to i was like oh 1970 oh shit that's 1971 oh shit that's 1972 and then you're like oh this motherfucker's doing some like there's some like subtext to this mm-hmm. you know and then um like for me i always found that one of the most difficult genres to mix clean and effectively was disco because people forget that even though disco was made for the clubs you had to not you could not afford to be asleep because these were not all tracks that were made by drum machines yet they were not quantized and synced up to like where 128 beat, beats per minute is legitimately 128 it's like it may be 128 you know um when you once you like actually like read it on your your screen but this is a drummer who physically had to play this so there's going to be times where they lose time just by a fraction. So you have to like super, super listen. And that, and that's where like the jog 
becomes like your best friend. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, when you're like listening to a track and you start noticing that, you know, the, the hi-hats start to kind of like, they're not like in sync with each other. They're kind of, you're starting to hear like the, and they're starting to like, that's where you're starting to like jog and like you're periodically like maybe like every, every three or four beats you like pull the jog forward or, or back a little bit to just keep it back in line. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you start to, you know, um, 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 start to channel in and then you go, okay, yeah, this kick is starting to overlap. So I have to take that kick way down or mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. completely and then get to a certain point with that and let that ride. And then finally three, two, one, boom. boom. And then like, you know, now you, you're turning completely off the, uh, the, the kick of the other and then bringing in the, the, um, the, the new kick and that stuff for me was like, I mean, it, it it wasn't so much that it was like incomprehensible. It was just that um, it was easy at first to match waves. That's like the the way that it was like it was the the like the the simplest way was just to like match up waves. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you start to like realize you're like okay, but these two hi hats are are competing right. for attention. So I have to take down one of the hi hats, mm-hmm. and do I? You know, you don't want to like fuck around and mix vocals over vocals unless like you're really, really specific about what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. maybe you want to mess with this Aretha Franklin vocal and then add in this uh, Byron um, Stingley vocal, and you know, and you want them to kind of sound almost like they're they're talking to they're talking other. to each other yeah. and stuff like that. But sometimes people don't they don't get that they don't understand yeah. that so then all of a sudden you know they got like a hook being sung and then all of a sudden an MC is rhyming yeah. as the hook is going on at the same level mm-hmm. and you go yeah you kind of shot the bet on that so so I, I I really do appreciate like a good breaks DJ yeah or a good like someone who only mixes like just hip hop as far as like only like MCs mm-hmm. and maybe some like hip hop inspired R&B um versus like people who just you know fader drop mm-hmm. um and you know and just like smash in like every single song mm-hmm. like one on top of the next on top of the next mm-hmm. and then there's other times where that's appropriate you know where you just find like the high point or the best stab of the song or like the the vocal or the horn and then you know you're right in the middle of a rock hymn track and then all of a sudden chuck it chuck it chuck it and then like you throw in James Brown's scream Mm-hmm. And then you go right into Sex Machine, mm-hmm. and everyone's just like, "Oh shit!" You know. Mm-hmm. So like, I appreciate when when it's all done, you know, appropriately. Yeah. And then there's like the times where I've like I've tried to cross genre, and I'm like, "Fuck, man, this stuff is just so difficult to do." Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think one thing that a lot of us DJs or a lot of people dancers or you know just basically a lot of DJs. Like ourselves, I think one thing that gets into our head a lot is that we always think that we're spinning, or we always think that the crowd's going to get the art, the artistic rest that we're doing. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that we're not spinning for DJs, or not everyone in the room Mm -hmm. is a DJ, so not everyone's going to like, you know, catch your fuck up or your or the the sickest blend that you just did right <laughs> not everyone's gonna catch that yeah. a lot of times don't get, and if they do they're just not gonna give a shit and yeah like, oh i don't give a fuck i'm drinking right <laughs> you know or like i'm i'm dancing I don't, I don't care right you know and i think that's that's the issue that a lot of us have is like damn these people didn't appreciate that mm-hmm. you know like but they don't care right <laughs> you know the only the the funny thing is if you go to an event um and 
you can tell who's the DJ and who's a producer in there mm-hmm. in that event because the chances are they're not really dancing. Yeah. They're listening. Uh-huh. And if they're and they're paying attention to your cuts and to your blends and you're looking at their facial expressions to mm-hmm. see if there's any type of approval or that you're listening to see if like, oh, are they feeling this track? Like yeah. you know what I mean? Um and sometimes they just don't make it clear. Yeah. Like, like Littlefoot, he makes it clear. He mm-hmm. like, he'll look and he'll be like, yeah, that was a good track. Mm-hmm. You know, or like Jeff Swift or someone or mm-hmm. Angel, like they'll probably, most chances are, I feel like they would be the type of guys that'd be like, oh yeah, that's a good track. Yeah. You know, but, but yeah, man, it's, it's a lot of, we, I think at the end of the day, we just have to play music, mm-hmm. play music and just go with it. Yeah. Uh, one thing I like doing, um, and you know this, but. You know, for those of you that haven't been to our house sessions on Thursdays, it's one thing I like doing is towards the end of session, if I'm the last person spinning, um, is I'll just play some R&B. Yeah. Some R&B, slow jam, New Jack Swing, Mm -hmm. or, you know, 90s R&B or whatever, and just fuck around. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I mean, we're in there for, what, almost two hours, sometimes Mm -hmm. maybe almost three hours, just hammering away at house music. When we just need to cool the fuck down. Yeah. Or we need to kind of like just, just chill out. Yeah. And nothing does it better than that than R&B music. Right. You know. And and plus, like, I, I've always dug your, your selection because you, you're, you're really good at mixing. Um, uh, like, you'll, you'll, you'll use, like, what are kind of considered unrelated genre-wise, but they actually do fit together, like peanut butter and jelly. So it'll be like a lot of like boom bap hip hop mixed with, you know, R and B, and I like a lot of the um, the blends and stuff that you you do with that because, like I said, you know it's it's dope when you listen to, say, you know, Q Tip is featured on, you know, a Jay Dilla track, yeah. and then all of a sudden you jump in on a like a Teddy Riley yeah, yeah. Uh, cut, oh, and well, then thank you <laughs> yeah so so you know that that doesn't go. Um, like uh there's there's not like a like an unspoken um appreciation or anything it's like i, I hear that shit and i'm gonna be like sitting there stretching and like cooling down and all of a sudden i'm like whoo okay yeah you know it's funny though because you know there's like a there's like an unwritten method um or maybe it's written i just haven't heard it yet but a lot of what a lot of djs do especially if you go to concerts is like they'll cut the music like or they'll blend or cut a minute into the track mm-hmm. and you know the general rule especially for like you know the unwritten general rule for a mix is like mm-hmm. three minutes of the song right next but yep. when you're spinning r&b and hip-hop it's like a minute 30 seconds i'm cutting to the next right. track and andy andy moore if you're from minnesota you know andy moore you know <laughs> he's like please play the whole song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll play this whole song, but better believe I'm about to cut that shit right when I hear it right. When I, right. When I hear that that point, I'm cutting it to the next track. Yeah. Because that's just, I mean, it's you don't have to do it like that, but that's generally like what I grew up to is like, right. and don't get me wrong, like I would get annoyed about it too. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, fuck, dude, I wanted, to, I wanted to sing that song. Mm-hmm. But right when you got to the point where, you know, this person's about to hit that high note, you just cut it out right, right. away. Like, um, and and I could tell the difference um, because again, like going back to like what we were talking about before, mixtapes, like authentic mixtapes. Um, a lot of the people that I was like really big into um, from the hip hop circles, um, not just turntablists, but also just like overall DJs. It would be like uh, DJ Rectangle mm-hmm. and um, 
of course, like the Scratch Pickles, um, DJ Poo, um, and um, a few other uh, DJs that were out there that would like, they maybe would have like an essential theme where they would say, okay, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix this entire uh, cut is only going to be 45 minutes, but it's going to be 45 minutes of an MC and then like some R&B songbird. And then back to another MC, and the you know, like you kind of find out you hear a pattern after a while, or maybe you notice that the the entire track, like everything that they mixed, was actually all thematically um, uh, together because like every single song was using the same sample. Mm-hmm. Like it would be um, like uh, uh, what's his name? It'd be like like a Dennis Coffee. Mm-hmm. sample that's like heavily used by everybody mm-hmm. and then um or like you know take me to the mardi gras yeah. um by uh, bob james mm-hmm. and like and say okay well there is a run dmc song uh track that, that's got this and then there was also uh, a mary j blige song that has this then there was a remix that was done by you know so and so that used this and it's like so they can like tie it all together mm-hmm. so it, then it, then it just becomes like this hodgepodge of like all this, uh, all these great, you know, various artists and stuff, and then you can also figure out creative ways to drop in, where you say, um, okay, well, this one's got a really good um, R and B or soulful, like, uh, like a maybe there's like a vocal um, stab that, that or that's like just you know that's identifiable, and then you can use that but only for a second to transition into something else like you know you could use a James Brown scream or howl to take you into this other track versus having to play you know the entire run through which you know was like notorious in hip hop right like you know there were times where you would go back and you would listen to a hip hop track and for years you thought that this was you know like specifically like like Biggie's song and then you hear the Isley Brothers like original that was sampled for this, mm. and you go, "Oh fuck, okay, this is like a whole like another avenue. We only got like the tip of the iceberg." So it's kind of like what Andy was saying, like you know, please play the entire song through. Mm-hmm. But a person only wants to use you know that little piece, mm-hmm. you know that little piece from like the Commodores or you know Parliament Funkadelic or whatever, and then they want to segue into a completely different direction. Right. So yeah, so it's. It's tough because, you know, um, as dancers, if we know the the track and we start to hear what you're leading into, we're kind of anticipating, like, okay, so this is what I'm going to go through next. Mm-hmm. And then, a, like, a breaks DJ will be like, oh, no, I'm, I was only using that just so I could jump over into, you know, this uh, bongo and uh, yeah. conga song yeah. or something. And you're like, you're like fuck, dude, because, yeah. like, you were just about to, like, start to do something mm-hmm. based on that, that particular song. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it just... Yeah, channel it's, surfed. <laughs> it's annoying, but then you get it. Yeah. You get why, right? You know, and but still, then you're like, ah, oh, fucker. All right, right. <laughs> I get it. Go ahead. So uh, that happens um, with uh, trying to remember what the there's a real popular um, house track that um, that uses um, or or it's, it, well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a house track. I'm sorry, it was a um. It was a kind of like a pop hard house song that that was out where they use like they, they use the lead up from a very famous house song 
and it's like, and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be like a 128 thing, and then all of a sudden it just goes into like some kind of slow, down-tempo dubstep. Like they use the build from that song. I, I can't remember if it was like a Daft Punk track or something, but like it was like, ah, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, and then it goes back to that build again of the Daft Punk song, and then all of a sudden, you know, and it goes into like, and that that kind of stuff again you know it can be frustrating if we know and honor the original track mm-hmm. you know and but then you know there's people nowadays that just have you know very short attention spans or just like just give us the just give us the meat of it you know we don't want all the other fluff we don't want the build we don't like we just want this part the most iconic part just give us the icon right. and then move on to the next fucking thing and just go 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 mm-hmm. and then you know, and then there's like other tracks that are very much like, you know, being from house, you know, we appreciate the groove. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the momentum that the train is starting to develop. You know, we're not trying to go from zero to 60 in under three seconds. We're trying to go cross country right. with this, right? We're trying yeah. to take you from like New York to Chicago yeah. and back yeah. without like losing any speed. So, yeah, yeah, totally. Unless you're from Europe, then you start at 150 BPMs. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, <laughs> man. It's like I'm surprised that a lot more European dancers don't dance like um like Chicago footworkers and like uh like jukers and and stuff like that and like jutting and things like that. Right. Because yeah. they they don't have that that frantic kind of pace. Like they, yeah. they 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 take their time, but it's like to really fast music and I'm like, "Fuck, how do yeah. you guys do that?" That's called control. Yeah. They have so. control. They figured it out. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just over exaggerating with the whole 150. I know they all start at like 125. Right, is what they start at, and the only reason why I know it is for one, I've been there and I've seen, mm-hmm. I've heard it. But uh, Cole Flow was talking about it when we were in Paris. He was like, "Dude, like every time um, they because they they spun at um, oh man, I'm blanking out at Club de June, mm-hmm. and they're just like, dude, he would play. I can't remember who the DJ was, but he's like, dude, he he was started and finished at 125." Mm-hmm. And I had to like sift through my through my um, through my sticks to like literally right. find tracks that would match that or yeah. like calm that down. Yeah, I'm like, oh fuck, man! Like I'm thinking in my head, I'm looking at thinking in my head and thinking about my music selection. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think I really have that many tracks that start that. Well, I probably have like maybe mm-hmm. ten solid tracks that are at 125 BPM, but right. that's ten tracks. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. If you do the math, you know, three times ten, it's like, dude, you're not really playing for too long, I don't think. Right. So, and, and then it comes down to, like, all right, well, what's this crowd like? Right. You know, and who am I, who am I catering to? And well, chances are you're catering to a lot of house. If you're if you're there, you're catering to a lot of dancers mm-hmm. that, that know house. And, right. And that are very much so critics yeah. about the music they dance to. Like, I man... The house dance scene, particular, particularly, especially the ones that are like super. No, I'm not talking about the ones that dabble with it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the ones that live it. Yeah, that are literally there at every event. They are the most critical dancers when it mm-hmm. comes down to music. Right. It's like holy shit. Mm-hmm. I thought b boys and b girls were critical, where they're like, yeah, I don't like that breaks DJ because you know he only spends this and that. No. It would be like one small thing, as mm-hmm. if they were DJs themselves, and yeah. then you're kind of like, "Geez, all right." right. <laughs> like, I, 
I get it too because there'll be times where uh, good examples like at like session, right? Um, I have to change up and modify my style because um, I I like a lot of um, uh, I like a lot of like French house and like big club bangers, but not like not big club bangers, you know, that is like, you know, the EDM shit where like, you know, it's a crowd of like a thousand people all looking at you kind of a thing, but more along the lines of like, you know, if you threw, you know, like a, like a a Daft Punk cut on there and then something that was like funky, but still like very like on the ups and like, you know, 125 to like 128 BPMs. But then at a practice session, you, you don't want everybody to be jumping up and down you want people to be like actually getting down. So that's where you have to like, you know, kind of figure out and say, all right, in this particular setting, I'm going to play a bit more Afro house and a bit more stuff. That's like more technical because mm-hmm. then people can actually like work on yeah. skill sets and things like that. Yeah. And then it's like, but when you're at like a club, you can say, okay, well I'm going to play the technical thing, mm-hmm. but I know that if I play too much intellectual house, then you're going to start to lose the crowd. Yeah. I, you, you yeah. got, you got to put a couple of like, you know, uh, like, uh, like kind of like fist, fist pumper mm-hmm. uh, kinds of um, tracks in there to get, you know, the people in the cheap seats to jump up and down or too. You, or you got to let a track ride out yeah. so you can get all the one, people that are on drugs, like right. know, really feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> so it takes them a while to get tuned into it. So yeah. One thing I noticed too, yeah, um, especially here in Minnesota, you know, we don't have a lot of house dancers here. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of the cool thing. It's kind of like a love hate relationship. Mm-hmm. The hate part is obviously not everyone understands what you're doing. Right. The lovely part about it is that if you're if you know the DJs, mm-hmm. they'll cater to you the minute they see you. Yeah. They're like, okay, Ozzy and turns like, okay, I'm gonna spend some fucking technical like you know like intellectual house shit that yeah. we're gonna get down to. Or like, oh, this is a jacking track. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. have you guys like working that body. Yeah, so we're gonna have you guys like go crazy with it. Right. But unfortunately, being that not everyone here is like. You know, the type of dancers that we are, you got a lot of the DJs here tend to ride tracks out. Mm-hmm. Like they'll play that sucker for like five minutes straight. Right. And to a dancer, it'll get boring. Mm-hmm. But then to like someone that's not a dancer that just chills and watches the DJ and just, you know, sits there in front of the speaker and mm-hmm. blows their ears out. That's like the most amazing thing ever. Right. And, you know, there's a time and place for it. Yeah. Obviously here, there's always time for it. Right. <laughs> like if I was to spend house proud, in person, mm-hmm. I'd probably do the same shit. And I'd probably just write out this track for like three to four minutes and keep mm-hmm. it on a loop because yeah. that's what the people really like here. Right. You know, and, but if it was, if I was in the Bay Area mm-hmm. spinning in Oakland or if I was in fucking New York or whatever, no, I'm switching that sucker like maybe two and a half to three minutes in. Yeah. And in finding, um, I, I think like the biggest thing that DJs, sort of like our our objective is to um it's like it's like traditional chinese medicine like you walk the first thing you do is like you have to feel the the patient's pulse right mm. so you go in and you feel the crowd's pulse maybe the person that you're jumping in off of on the next track like you notice they already lost the crowd so mm. you're like all right i'm gonna have to give you guys a shot of adrenaline and yeah. get you back up and running yeah. or this person has really got everybody stoked so your question now is like, do you ride off of that wave or maybe do you say, okay, everyone's starting to get tired, right? Like they're getting tired of jumping up and down and going crazy and shit. So it's like, all right, so how am I going to, how am I going to smooth it out? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, one of the things that I, um, I, I really, uh, admire about 
those types of DJs that have that observance is that it's it's another level that you're doing much the same way that like when you have your headphones in, the crowd doesn't hear everything that you're hearing. Mm-hmm. You've got video uh, or like visual, you have audio, and you have like all these different things that are going on behind the deck. So when you just see somebody just standing there with their shoulder, you know, glued to their to their ear, um, everyone just thinks that like, you know, this person is just, you know, pushing buttons and just moving shit over. And it's like, no, you, you don't, you're not hearing the experience that they're hearing. You know, you're only getting the end product, which is being projected out via sound. Um, but at the same time, if you're a competent DJ, you also have to take in the crowd. Right. You have to like look at them and also use them as like sound waves mm-hmm. and say like, okay, it's starting to flatline here. So don't, um, like one mistake that I catch myself doing uh, from time to time is um, there'll be a track that's got like a drop. Mm-hmm. And it's like just when everyone's getting stoked and they're starting to like really get down. And then all of a sudden the song like drops and I'm like, and I feel bad because I'm like, fuck, I didn't have another, I didn't have another track cued yet. So I should have like brought something else to keep the beat consistent. Otherwise that one person who was in the middle of doing like this really complicated footwork thing is now got to like almost stop everything and then like loft and that i mean that's a good challenge for them as a dancer but at the same time it's kind of like you know you, you killed the vibe man we were all like everybody was taking rounds everyone was going and shit and then you decided to have this and then some you know vocal uh poetry that's going on and mm-hmm. everything and then finally like the the drum roll build and then it finally gets back into the song yeah so you, you have to be able to also read those things and know that like if you're going to be doing a gig um like a like a something like house proud you don't want to have too many drops um, yeah you, you, you kind of want to just keep it going yeah and yeah. And, and, and yeah you, you just you kind of want to almost like uh like some some djs will even like say like i'm gonna pick a range so they'll say like i'm gonna keep it between like 123 and 125 mm-hmm. at any very time and then there's other people who are like you know what man i'm going 128 the entire way see you the fuck later Mm-hmm. You know, I hope you guys all, you know, have stretched because I'm going to put a pace on you. Mm-hmm. And that, um, you know, th- those can be really good nights, too. Um, but then, like, the downside about it, again, is, like, like you were saying, like, you, if you're a bunch uh, amongst, like, a bunch of house dancers, they're going to they're gonna kind of feel that. And they're going to say, oh, yeah, every single one of these tracks is, like, 128. And they're these big, these big club bangers. All right, I'm going to go back over here and get a drink and mm-hmm. chill and just yeah. relax until, you know... The next DJ tones it down a little bit, throws in some afro and some deep, and get a chance to kind of vibe with shit. And yeah. then yeah, there's other times where like per- people will be too vibey, and then it's damn near lounge music at that point, or like lounge house where they, it's like something that you would play more like at like a a restaurant where you get like a little corner, mm-hmm. and you're not really trying to get like a whole bunch of people to dance. You're just trying to kind of keep like an ambiance and a mood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's there's going to be different, um, uh, you know, different flavors for for different settings you know you're gonna say we have no dance floor here so i'm not gonna fucking play you know stuff that's like meant for ten thousand people and then there's gonna be times where you're gonna notice five or six specifically house dancers that like walk in the door and you're like all right i'm just gonna i'm I'm gonna let these uh these fools play you know so there's one thing that um really stuck with me and i was when when i was in paris i was with um tomahawk bang or you might know him as We Hum. And we were talking about music because, you know, he produces a lot of his music and he spins a lot. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we were chatting it up and he was like, yeah, the only times you'll ever see me dance. He didn't really say it per se, but 
what what he basically said word for word is like i like dancing to stuff that's hard to dance to mm-hmm. you know and when I, when i hear that to me that means um I, if it's too easy to dance to it's boring mm-hmm. and i'm like oh, that's another level of thinking like yeah. that's another level of listening i'm not even at that level like, right I like dancing to shit that I can ride with, you know, mm-hmm. that I can play with, that I feel comfortable with. Um, but dancing the shit that's hard, that's fucking nuts. And I thought about one of these battles that he spun. It, it might have been, a, I think it was a House Proud. Mm-hmm. And he played, like, the most craziest track ever that I'm sitting here like, how the fuck do you dance to this? Yeah. Like, listening to it. And he played it for one of his students. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at her, and she's, like, struggling. Yeah. Like, there's... It's it's one of those um, it's like tech abstract type of house tracks. You know, was it, was it like, like like a Wajid or something? No, that's easy. His shit is easy to dance okay. to, but at least for me, it's easy to dance mm-hmm. to. But no, it was a track that he produced. Oh, okay. And it was just you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? You know, it's respectable, respectfully like yeah, it's still in that category of house. But you're kind of like everything's so it's it's. Okay, there's that's what it is. It's broken beat. Okay. Yeah, so it was broken beat influenced, but it still had like that house rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I hate my life right now type <laughs> of thing. If you're dancing to it, like, I hate my life right now. I don't right. know what the fuck's going on. Like, I'm losing this battle right now. Yeah. And this person that I'm going against is probably going to feel the same way. So good luck, judges. Right. Know, it's like those fucking uh, those tracks that we all get doomed with where – It'll it'll be a four four missing the third kick mm. and no hi hat. Yeah. So it'll be like boom 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 boom, and you're like, oh fuck, okay. And then so you're trying to figure out like what's the consistency, like what's the thing that's kind of keeping the how, where, where's the rhythm, you know, that, yeah. that you're actually like trying to find. Yeah. And then and then other times there might be like a really super fast sequenced hi hat. Mm-hmm. It's doing like a, you know, so it's like, you're like, all right, I'm going to have to fucking just do all kinds of like really intricate, like steps mm-hmm. and things like that. And then you might have that, that weird shit that comes in where it's like uh, some sort of a, uh, like a synthesizer or a chirp or something. And that's what you're going to have to respond to might be like every, you know, every eight, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, maybe there's like a vocal that goes like, hop, hop. And like echoes out or something like that. So you're going to be dancing, doing your thing. And then once that hup, hup, hup happens, that's where you respond to that. And then people see that. You you kind of become like the metronome now. Mm-hmm. And then everyone goes, oh, okay, I get the song now. Because you're making it tangible. Like we understand. Otherwise, this would not make any sense to even the crowd. So, yeah, th- those those tracks are sometimes they can be the kiss of death. But they can also be the thing that like helps to challenge your um, articulation and in, in dance mm-hmm. and your ear. I think. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely your ear. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, where's Stepchild? Uh, I don't know. He 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 fucked off. Charlie, Charlie. No. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm about ready to wrap this episode up. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. But before we wrap it up, kind of want to talk about something that's coming up. Yeah. And. I was about to say a dirty joke, but no, yeah. no, not for this one. Um, yeah. <laughs> you and Stepchild are going to be starting a podcast based on specifically martial arts. So that way I can stop derailing these podcasts with, 
oh, that's just like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Actually, dude, you didn't even talk about a single thing about martial arts in this episode. I know. I mean, I I kind of segued a little bit. I was like teasing it with the acupuncture and like cooking. And I was like, all right, I'm going to bring it back over here. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be more conscious of that too, personally, just because we do have house dancers and um, DJs and producers and stuff that listen to the podcast. And I'm sure that some of them appreciate the fact that I'm trying to like I mean, I cross-pollinate. appreciate it. I don't care. But, <laughs> like, yeah, but then other people are going like, they're going like, Dude, what the fuck does this have to do with, like, what does Bruce Lee have to do with, you know... A six, or a loose legs. A loose legs. <laughs> and it's Oops. like, oh, you know, and maybe, maybe I, I'm able to argue that point, but it took me, like, you know, 25 minutes of exposition rather than just being like, all right, man, just Bruce Lee is Bruce Lee. House right now is going to be house, and we're just going to fucking focus on, on house as much as possible. I think so. it's also good, too, because it... it and it's not just for you, it's for me too, but it shows people that we do know what the fuck we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we are, we are in fact engaged in this culture. Yeah. You know, it's not, we're not just trying to like, you know, pussyfoot it. Right. You know, so. Because otherwise it would just basically be Styles and Driss is just a, like a, like a comedy podcast or something where we're just like getting together and just shooting the shit. And shooting the shit. And you know, there's which, episodes for that, yeah. obviously. But anyways, uh, you guys are going to be starting a martial arts podcast I'm going to be helping you guys do it. Yeah. Um, do you like that name that I came up with? The uh, tactical, tactical brilliance. Yeah. You know, I was wondering about that because, um, like, I was kind of thinking, like, uh, I was going to ask uh, um, Step what he thought too. But he's because, upstairs doing something in, in Narnia. Yeah, he's probably just like you know spraying his butthole with his bidet. <laughs> He's like, it feels cold this time. It feels cold. <laughs> I like the sensation. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, anyways, yeah, yeah. Case in point, they're starting a martial arts podcast. It's going to be awesome. You guys are probably we're all going to learn. Um, it's not just going to be you guys. It's going to be myself. But we're all going to learn some insightful shit. Probably stuff that can really save our lives and you know help us improve our lives in the long run. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of good historic, historic stuff. If one yeah. thing you guys know about me, I'm a big history buff. So anything that has to do with history, I like to get, I definitely like to give my ears and mm-hmm. you know, put my ears in there and be like, okay, yeah, let me see what you guys got to say. And then of course, being the fact that I like history, I start doing like the fact checks yeah. <laughs> and like saying, right. okay, let me see. Well, did this really happen? Or anyways. So yeah. So uh, tentatively it's uh tactical brilliance, but we may or may not change the name. I mean, shit, you know, Stepchild might vote and say, let's call it Martial Farts. Yes. <laughs> that would be like, a oh, fucking hell. So, we'll, <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually going to be the podcast. It's going to be called Fucking Hell. So, but. <laughs> yes, that's actually great. It'll actually be spelled F-O-O-K-E-N and then the letter L. Fucking hell. So, yeah, so you have options of yes. how to pronounce it. <laughs> yes. So, but uh, yeah, we'll so stay tuned uh, for that. We'll we'll get that up and running, and then we'll probably like cross promote um, with uh, along with Styles and Driss, and mm-hmm. then we'll probably do the same thing that we've been doing here too. Um, I imagine with uh, between Stepchild and myself, we have a lot of martial connections, so we'll be able to get like yeah maybe Coach Greg from um, the academy. Yeah, because or... Joe Rogan won't do it. Just kidding. Yeah, just yeah, kidding. No. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe someday. I don't know. It dude, <laughs> seriously. I I shit you not. Like I literally write in Joe Rogan's Instagram almost every time. Yeah. Bring Coach Greg, Greg. Nelson yep. on there. 
Yeah. Like, it only makes sense. And he's, he's talked about him on how many episodes. Right. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you were in Minneapolis, like, how many times already? Like, mm-hmm. especially St. Paul. Like, what the fuck? Bring him on. <laughs> I mean, and I imagine, too, that with even with Joe, it's like he's got to be ridiculously backlogged as far as, like, guests and shit. Where it's like, okay, we got, you know, this person, that person. That person canceled last minute, so I'm going to have, you know, Brian Callen jump in on it or Brennan Schaub. I mean, you know, he stopped doing the fight companions, I think, for good reason, because they just kind of became like a train wreck at one point where, you know, he, he was just sort of like going like, guys, you know, it's great that we're like watching the fights and we're we're drinking and we're shooting the ship, but we're also like talking over each other and nothing's being accomplished. We're not even talking about the fights. Mm-hmm. Like 10 minutes into it, we're just like, there's no... We're not talking about the fight, so why even do a fight companion if that's going to be the case? And plus, plus, probably probably makes more money when he's fucking you know the announcer of the fights. Yeah, so <laughs> he's hosting the fights. So yeah. right. So um, speedy recovery too. Um, Joe Rogan, uh, he was recently uh, uh, was tested and got uh, COVID positive, and then like within two fucking days, he. Uh, two or three days he got tested again and he basically like flushed it out of his system i mean like he's got the antibodies but he's not like i mean he's still like quarantining himself but he he basically kicked it out of his system and i was just like well that is awesome because i'm sure that he probably just went into the sauna every day and like you know walked around with like the vitamin drip and z packs and uh fucking ivermectin and cocktailed all that stuff and like all of his herbs and spices together and mm-hmm. was able to just kick this out of his system so leave it up you know, to him yeah man. the one to do it so. yeah so anyways um thank you all for tuning in to another episode of styles and dress and we will talk to you soon peace love and soul soul I want to be a one dimension. I want to be me. I want to be.